You might like to open your Bible, if you would, to Jeremiah and tap chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. And in our light, in the light of our study of Jeremiah, here we are, in the presence of God, we have, we're reading and un- seeking to understand that which happened yesterday, way back with Israel, when Nebuchadnezzar ultimately levels the city and destroys the temple. And the Jewish reign, being the chief nation over the earth, is put down at the bottom and the times of the Gentiles begin. So, here we are looking, and God will help us. He gives his word for this and uh, records it. So, here we go. In the light of our sharing together, we shared chapter 29. There are three letters. This is the first letter that Jeremiah sent to Babylon where Ezekiel has just been, just ha, just Ezekiel has gone there. Three thousand Jews have gone there, and uh, and the other people were Jews were already there from six oh five. They're already there, and the message that they were getting was the same one that happened in Jerusalem that the false prophets were saying that Nebuchadnezzar is going to return everything, return the people, return the possessions, and everything is going to be good. So even though it has not gone well, it's all going to come out good. And then we had Hananiah come along just after that, and he said, uh, made it very clear that uh, he's going to return everything, Babylon, in two years. And they were totally oblivious to what God had told them clearly, that the 70-year captivity, not two years, 70-year captivity must take place because they had not observed the Sabbath year, where they rested a whole 12 months. They did nothing. And God would take care of the food and everything they needed. They just needed every seventh year Every, every, every seven years, to rest a whole year. And they just didn't do it. They just didn't do it. And God said, no, we're going to make it up. And that's why they're going to spend 70 years in Babylon. Now, but no one's paying attention to the reason that God and God is causing all this. Now, so therefore, therefore, in the light of that, oh, to, to pick up where we are in 29, go back to chapter Oh, chapter 6 in Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah chapter 6, you would recall that as we traveled down the journey, uh, chapter 6 and verse 16, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask, for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, 
we will not walk therein. All they had to do is look to God and understand their failure and their fault and change and fix it. That's what they had to do. But, but they didn't want to fix it. That's all. Now, God would have covered the bases if they had just repented. Well, but they didn't do it. So therefore, when we come to the end of verse 16, you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. And they wouldn't walk. And that rest, remember, we, well, we don't want to get that. We get sidetracked. Of verse 17. Also, I set a watchman over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. And God sent all the prophets, the false guys, the good guys they rejected, the bad guys they received. That's what they did. And they weren't going to listen. And thus, verse 18. Therefore, hear ye nations, everyone be witnesses, and know, O congregation, what is among them, all the people. Verse 19. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their own thoughts, their thoughts, their thinking, how they think, hang on to that, because they have not hearkened, listened, heard, wanted to hear, unto my, hearkened unto my word, words, nor to my law, but rejected it. So it isn't a question. It, life was complicated and difficult, and they didn't do well, but they could have recovered, but they didn't. Over, if you would, chapter 18. And in chapter 18, going, if I can, in the light of all the thoughts there, uh, if I can, sliding down, O oh, to a verse, well, chapter 18, verse 8, uh, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought, see, it's the same little word we're going to look at again, to do unto them. And all they had to do was fix things. That not, wasn't just Israel, uh, Phoenicia, Syria. Anyone could have fixed it. They want to fix it. They want to fix it. But, so we slide down then uh, to verse 12. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, thoughts, plans, plots, programs, we will walk after our own devices, thoughts, and we will, everyone, do the imagination of his evil heart. Now, A, you want to make sure that you stay in reality. They are not wanting to face reality. They don't want to face it. And most of us in our human life and our human thinking, we don't want to face reality. Some realities are not very pleasant and uh, we don't like to think about them. Now, so if we don't, then having, and we share together a hundred times, hope, H-O-P-E, is what is required. That is how you live. If you don't have hope, hope is moving you, anticipating expectation from the front of the pulpit down to the back. And that's how you're going to get there, because you're 
expecting, looking to get down that road. You haven't done it. You're hoping to do it. You're hoping for this. You're hoping maybe to be able to get some sleep tonight. You're hoping. You don't know that. You, that's how you're going to have to proceed with hope. Your whole world is like that. Everything is like that. So we need to be very conscious of that. And if we don't stay in reality, then our hopes are like Job would say, like a spider's web. And we grab onto them and the web just gives way. So we don't want to do that. I know we do it, but we have to learn not to. And when you have real, stay in reality, no matter how lousy it is, stay in reality. That's when you're going to find God's answers. If you have a make-believe problem that isn't really real, that you're dealing with in your head and heart, and you aren't thinking of it correctly, you aren't going to find an answer to something that isn't correct, isn't real. You'll find answers to that which is real. God deals with reality. You're, if, you aren't, um, if you're imagining and hoping wrongly, uh, then it isn't going to happen. So you need to understand that. And that was a, a very large problem for the tri tribe of Judah and for the people in Jerusalem. They just weren't going to do that. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, back over, if you would, to chapter 29. And you would recall in chapter 29 that the people, with, we, we did it a little bit in uh, chapter 6 and that, the people were thinking this and thinking that, and, uh, and their thoughts, their plans, all that they were doing was rumbling in their head, and the prophets were saying whatever, and the kings were saying whatever, and everyone's doing what they're doing. As a, as a general society in Israel going down the corridor of time. And they're doing that. They're doing that with a dis, total disregard for God. And so here they are. This is the Ezekiel 597 of B.C. And the second group Nebuchadnezzar has taken to Israel, I mean to Babylon. That includes Ezekiel, etc., and, and, and here's the letter being sent to them, chapter 29, that are over there a couple of years later, 595, 594, right in there, and sent, sent to them, and uh, they're there. Now, you know, the interesting thing is they, the false prophets have sent messages. The false prophets, some of them are there, have been taken captive, etc., and some of them are there. So now what are they saying? Well, they're saying what they said in Jerusalem. Uh, in a couple of years, everything's going to be good, and so don't get too locked into Babylon and uh, understand you don't have to treat Babylon, you don't have to pray for Babylon to, to give you peace uh, in, in this pagan city, idolatrous city. No, you just think you're going to go back pretty soon and do everything accordingly. No, that's what they were doing. They didn't want to understand the reason why they were there. They were there because of their failure to look to God, to honor God's word, to honor the Sabbath day, the Sabbath year in particular. 
Yeah, they they are not inter- they don't want to think about it. And God it made it clear. We shared it as we did these verses that God said, "I want you to know the reason you're in Babylon is because I made you go to Babylon." So if you want to know why it's happening in your life, look to God. You want to know why it's happening? Don't look out in the street and around the room. Look to God why it's happening. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, therefore we share together uh, in uh, chapter 29, picking up in verse 11. And the little word for, preposition for, for. That little word is interesting, for a but, and it has to do with going a contrast and a and a and a uh, interacting and the little word for that you have in the english is nay 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 but but no i think we did that here's your thinking here's their thinking you have that and then you go to verse 11 i mean verse 11 and god said this is what you got, what we just looked at in the head, pr- previous. This is what you're thinking. Now, let me tell you what I'm thinking. You guys are thinking this. Let me tell you, said God, what I'm thinking. Now, you got the flavor of it again. Now, so having said that, that's the whole mood. God's thoughts are versus their thoughts. And they aren't abiding, they aren't resting in God's wonderful work, they aren't, like God is going to say in Matthew 11, they aren't under the yoke, they don't want to be under the yoke. They're like in Philippians, let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. They wouldn't want that kind of thing. So therefore, there they are, and verse 11, for I know, I know, I am knowing, I am knowing, perceiving, I am understanding, uh, verse 11, I know your thoughts. Remember we said the word thoughts has to do with thinking, taking a rope and tying knots, tying knots in something. And the easiest way that I didn't have, I don't have that, a weaving. <laughs> I was trying to get one. And I think Jeanette did that 100 years ago, that kind of stuff. But I was trying to get a little thing with little threads. And then I wanted to get the little threads all wound together, and then hold up a little weaving, a little mesh, like a rug. That's the word. That's the word. To tie together all the pieces and have something, a woven object, that which is tied together in a most wonderful way. And that's the word, thought, thought. Your thoughts, your syllables, your words are tied together and give a then then that this little word thought is translated plan, it's plan device, a program. It's what you're doing. You got the word. Now, so therefore we need that. For I know the thoughts, and there's a little verb now. I think the thoughts that I am thinking, the thoughts that I am tying together, the thoughts that I am tying together for you, towards you. Saith the Lord, thoughts, there's your third time, thoughts of peace, peace, shalom, peace, and not of evil. Remember we read, evil's coming because they don't want peace, they don't want good. So if you don't accept good, what have you got left? Evil. 
You know, think of Isaiah uh, chapter 5, verse 20. We call evil good, good evil, bittersweet, sweet bitter, etc. Light, darkness, darkness, light. Just turn everything around. That's what we do so we can live with it. If we're in the dark, we're going to call it okay, good, good. Call it in the dark, good, light, sweet. Now, so here in verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think to a Jew, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And we shared last time on that. That's two little words, a future end, future end, two things, future all over. Everything's going to come to an end. That's why it's translated as expected end. It's all going to come to an end, a wonderful, wonderful end. So it has to do with the word end and the word hope, hope, end, hope. And then you translated it, expected end. What you're hoping for. What you, it's going to come for a wonderful hope. We're hoping, hoping, we've got to stay in reality as you go down the corridor of time. So thinking, hoping, now, Having said that, picking up if I can, that little thought you're looking at, uh, I know my, I, God's thoughts, God's thinking, God's thoughts that are for peace and good and, and a wonderful, wonderful expectation of the future. And that's his thoughts. They don't have those thoughts, but God has those thoughts. Now, in the light of that, in the light of that, these these thoughts, and God, God, we're locked into them. Now, having said that, and you need to go, are we willing to say in our head as we proceed, God, you have thoughts, and we have thoughts. Jerusalem, Judah, and the Jews have thoughts, and then you have your thoughts. The Jews' thoughts are prevailing, And that's why they're in Babylon, and that's why Nebuchadnezzar is going to level the city and the temple, because their thoughts are prevailing. Now, you have to say to yourself, am I, do I want God's thoughts, God's plan, God's will? Am I looking for that in my life, my person, my, my, my health, my wealth, my family, my children? Am I looking for that? God's thoughts. Now, God's thoughts, God, we, we all got our thoughts, no question, but then there's God's thoughts. And so, Jeremiah and the people, uh, people saying no, Jeremiah is saying, you need to follow God's thoughts. Therefore, therefore, it will not hurt to go back to Isaiah chapter 55, because it's very important to lock in. A truth, wonderful truth, how to make it work. On a 24-hour day, seven days a week, you want to be able to proceed, I hope. So, here's Isaiah chapter 55, if I can. And Isaiah 65, uh, 55, I should say, and you are familiar with it, but I want to read it for myself too, and you. And chapter 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Each time we're looking at the same word. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God he will abundantly pardon. Why? Verse 8. 
For my thoughts, as you heard, my thought, weaving together all my thoughts, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's important to keep in mind. What you think is a plan, what you think is a good thing to do, and then you say, as it seems to make common sense and the thing to do, you seek to proceed to do it and say in your heart, Lord willing. Lord willing. Because I don't know. How do I know? You don't know. God knows. So we understand, we use just good, best judgment we have, best understanding we have, but we're looking for God to outwork it. So it's always God. Hang on to all this. Now, therefore, verse 8, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. The whole heaven, how much? Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So all you've got to do is have your thoughts, and then go take a look up at the sky and go a couple of trillion galaxies out, and God's thoughts are past that. So if you want to measure your thought, brilliant as you are, and we are, <laughs> measure it against God's. And God said, mine thoughts are not yours. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to look to me. That's right. And therefore, you know the next thing. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, down and the snow from heaven, maybe this winter, and return not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth, and bud, that it may, what purpose? That it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, food that were made of the dust of the earth. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which, which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. My word's going to accomplish, like the raindrops, like the snow. It's all going to accomplish what I want. So God, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts, our thoughts. And therefore, we're going to look to you. So we have no idea about a zillion things. But in the meantime, we're going to look to you and trust you, and God, we're going to understand that you, your thoughts are over everybody's thoughts. So everybody that's thinking anything on planet Earth, all seven billion of us, you can think what you want. God's thoughts win. <laughs> God's thoughts win. So when you're all done, the whole seven billion plus of us think, and God's thoughts, all our thoughts are down here. And God's thoughts are way up here. Now, above us. Now, having said that a little bit and keeping that in mind, Isaiah 62, are you here? Isaiah 62, and in verse 2, just to get the, see it. Uh, 60, uh, excuse me, I'm, I said Isaiah 2. Isaiah 65, thank you. Isaiah 65, and in verse 2. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good, after their own thoughts. They're going to keep following what they think and what they feel and what they want to do. They're going to follow those thoughts and follow them and follow them and follow them. And that's what they're doing. So now, Having said that, and keeping that in mind, over, if you would please, oh, to pick up 
the thought of it a little bit over to Proverbs again, again, and again. Proverbs chapter 16. And you would note, as we did, God tells us over and over again how to handle things, how to do them consistently. Therefore, here we are in Proverbs and uh, chapter 16, verse 1. The preparations of the heart, heart in man, are the, and the answer of the tongue is from God. We do all kinds of things, but God, we can say and do, but God, you're the one that answers and puts it together. Therefore, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the Spirit. So, God, you know the difference. Verse 3, now that's the verse. Commit, commit thy works, and we shared last time. Remember that little verb, commit, means to take the barrel that's out here, take the barrel and bring the barrel up on top of the truck that you're driving, take the barrel and roll it on top of the truck so it's sitting there and the truck is carrying the load. The truck is carrying the barrels. Commit thy works. Put them on God. I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Whatever the, the children, all the com- things that we have to do. Now, having said that, those are things that are going to happen, maybe, in some form, we think. Now, God, what are we doing? We're going to put all of those on top of you, God. And then what? Verse 3, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts, thy thinking, how it's going to work out. You have to go to work tomorrow, you have to do this tomorrow, and this is going to be... Uh, now, God, and we think, I don't know, I haven't got there yet, so I can't put it together, I, my thoughts, my plan, my understanding, I can't weave it together and understand it. I don't have that yet. But God said, if you give tomorrow to me, now, so where my tomorrow is in God's hands, so as I go down the corridor, my tomorrow's in God's hands, so I'm going to trust God for all that's going to be. That's what I'm going to do. I haven't got to there. I think this is going to happen. God said, if you've given me tomorrow, say it simple, and you're trusting me for tomorrow, your thinking will be resting, relying, trusting me. You haven't even got there. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and thy thoughts will be established. Now, and then you got that whole song of Proverbs. Verse 9. Verse 9. A man's heart deviseth. To see the word deviseth is the word thoughts. Thoughts, pattern, weaving together of things. The man's heart deviseth, thinks his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Now God, that's the same thing we just did up in verse 3. God, you did that. So we're going to go and look to you. And we're going to get down the corridor of time, and that's how we're going to go. I haven't got there. You haven't got there. And my thoughts are just my thoughts. But I'm going to give, before I get there, the whole thing to God. And then I'm going to be ready to think and go roll with the punches. 
I'm going to roll with whatever's there because I'm staying real. I want to be real. I don't want to make believe about reality. Otherwise, I don't get good answers. I don't have good understanding if I don't understand. I need to understand. I know sometimes we don't, using an illustration for good or bad, sometimes you don't want to know what the doctor's saying. The doctor did something and the doctor uh, looks down at his desk and doesn't look up and, and you're wishing he would smile at you and say, go home and have your Cheerios. Uh, but you wish he would say that. He said, no. I said, well, well, let's see what happens. No, if you can, if you can, uh, if, and everyone has a different everything, you want to know. Why? You want to know. And I do that. Uh, that's my, you won't like it. I always think the worst thing. I said, what's the worst thing that could happen is I die. Right now, before I get down from the pulpit, I'm not doing it, I could die. Couldn't I? I could die? I haven't even got down there yet. Now, and we already have a heart machine. (laughs) We're going to trust God. Because I could die. So I don't even think about that anymore. Why? Because I'm trusting God. Understand? You're doing it. You're actually doing it. So therefore, I'm not saying, what will happen when I get here or there next week? No, I'm, I'm staying, want to stay real. So what? I'm going to actively be trusting God. And when I'm trusting God, I don't have a problem with falling down and dying. At all. Or anything else. Flat tire, in a hurry somewhere, and boom, the tire goes. God knows, but I already was looking for God. And so I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to roll with it. Roll with it. And God has to keep us there. Keep us there. I think I told you the other day, I spilled the coffee on my suit when I was at the conference, and then I had this full cup of coffee, and here's all my stuff on my desk. And I turned around, and who knows, I, my human frailty, and that went all over the place. I said, God, I gotta clean it. And I tried to find uh, tried to find my took my jacket off and tried to wipe up the stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Do it. I had no problem with that. No problem. You learn to trust God. No matter what. And he does those things for us. He does them. So we learn. We learn to do it. We learn we're rolling with the realities. And God doesn't, he may do that to you somewhere. And you learn. You're learning to not react. You just, thank you, God, and then you pick it up, do whatever, do the best you can. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Because we're lowering. Now, the main point, I, gotta, I don't mean to sidetrack. Uh, chapter 16, uh, without doing all the other things, verse 33. In the light of verse 9, verse 33. The Lord is cast, you know all this, the Lord is cast into the lap in front of you, but the whole disposing, the word disposing is the judge is judging. The judgment of the judge is judging. He's judging. The whole judgment belongs to God. When everything's done, Babylon, everything's going to happen, the whole disposing of that is God's. That's what he's saying by way of Jeremiah to the people in Babylon. 
to encourage the Jews, to warn them and to encourage them. To encourage them. Don't get caught up. Don't you know your thinking is one thing, God's is another, higher than the heavens. And therefore, God's going to make it work out. You can't make it work out. God does. And you're learning to trust him. And as you do it, it happens. That's what being saved is. That's why we sit here. God help us. Now, having said that a little bit, the Lord is cast into the lap. The whole disposing thereof is God's. Over, if you would please, over to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. In Psalm 73, he has the believing heart, uh, getting all caught up, looking around the world around him, uh, sliding down. If I can, well, I'll read, well, I'll read verse 1. Truly God is good in, to Israel. 73, Psalm 73, verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Why? Why? Verse 3. For I was envious at the foolish, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked, and I tried to mimic and copy and get involved in all these different things, because why shouldn't I be like them? Why shouldn't I have? I'm as good as they are, or whatever, and I have a right to have all these things. We get caught up in them, and we're trying to compete, and uh, that's not a profitable adventure. So sliding down, if I can, to verse 11, they say, how doth, that's what they say, how doth God know, and is there knowledge in the Most High? We're, we're envying people that disregard God. They have no thought about God. So when you come over, when you come over, they have no thought about God, and, and we're trying to envy them and follow them. What for? What for? Where are they going? They got nothing. I don't care if they're Warren Buffett or somebody. Whatever you got, you got nothing. Nothing. When your heart stops beating, you can't hold $3 trillion. It might make your casket go down to the ground better, but hey. Verse verse 15. But I say, I will speak thus. Uh, he's all upset now. I'm not reading all the verses, but just get the idea of it. I was out long. I have play, I'm plagued. I'm chastened every morning. Verse 14, verse 15. If I say I will speak, if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of my children. But when, verse 17, 16, 73, 16. When I thought, when I tried to run the little knots together to get a thought, a sentence, a weaving, a plan, an understanding. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. I was trying to figure out I as a human versus all the other humans doing and coming and going, and I couldn't seem to win. I couldn't seem to stay ahead of the game, and I always, even when I thought I was a winner, then I found I was a loser. So it wasn't working out good. I started to envy and look at everything around me, work, home, school, health, wealth. Verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I 
their end. Then I understood it. Wow. I understood it then. I didn't know it then. I didn't know it before that. But I do now. I would have never seen it, God, if I didn't look at it from your perspective. We're here today, we're as the flower of the field. We're here as a blade of grass. And then we're all gone. And all that we did and all that we thought and all that we had is all gone. People, persons, places, things, everything's gone. So what did you do? Nothing. You should have seen that ahead of time. Now, therefore, therefore, over to Psalm 40. And in Psalm 40, David, help us. Verse 1, Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry, mucky clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. God, God, you put a song in my heart. And God, here I am. I was in the muck and mire and I looked to you. Now, what did you find, David, from the muck and mire of your life when you went and looked at God? Your thoughts were down there, more of the same, work, home, school, play, everything else, more of the same, another day, another day, another day. Verse 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy... You want to make a mental note of that. When God's thoughts, thy thoughts, which are to put your name there, my thoughts, thy thoughts, God, which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up, calculated, computed in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. I cannot number them. God said, my thoughts are higher than the heavens. Elsewhere, Psalm 139, my thoughts to you are more than the sand of the sea. Now you tell me what you do with that. I tell you that. How many times have I told you that? (laughs) What are you going to do with it? My thoughts to you are more than the sand of the sea. Do you know what kind of life you would have if you trusted me? Well, I I haven't got my life yet. I'm trying to find my life. No, no. You already have your life. You already have your life. If you're saved, you have his life. And you aren't trying to find life anymore in what you do, say, think, what we did on Sunday and last week. The senses, sight, taste, touch, smell, all of those different things. If you lose them, you are essentially considered dead. Wouldn't you be? If you couldn't hear, couldn't speak, couldn't taste, couldn't touch, couldn't feel, you might as well be dead. Why? Because your life is out here. That's how our life is. Until God saves us, that's how our life is. And we're busy trying to make a go for everybody and everything we're trying to get and gain. And we're trying to do it. But that isn't your life if you're saved. Christ is your life. And it has nothing to do, nothing to do 
with any of the things that you could even touch, taste, or smell. Persons, family, friends, family, anyone, anyone you want to go, there's nothing. It, just, just you. Just you. Stand alone. Just you. God, that, this is your life. Now all the rest of it is something you have to do in order to function in your earthly realm. Now, having said that, my thoughts to you are more than can be numbered. Sliding over now to verse 16. 40 and 16. Let those, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified, be enlarged. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. In the light of verse 17, I am poor and needy. I am a vessel of clay and faulty. I am poor and needy, yet the Lord... Do you see the word think, verb? There's your word thought. Think, thought, plan, the weaving, the weaving, the weaving. Back over to chapter 40, verse 5. Thy thoughts which are to usward. Back over to verse 17. Yet the Lord thinketh, is thinking upon me. <laughs> Didn't just read it. I got it. God, you're thinking about me. Now, I know, so you're thinking about each of you, isn't he? He's thinking about you. So when you get out of here, because that's the whole point, I had to say that with someone at the conference, huh? I said, what's the whole point of what we do? If you can't walk out of here, you'd have a truth, something you understand. Otherwise, you're just collecting information. And information is going to last probably till you get home. Well, unless you write it down. You're looking for truth to get something, to walk out of here. That's what the whole point is. And if you don't get that, I'm, 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 not, I'm, wasting, my, I'm not wasting my time. I need to fix my time so I can do better for you. That's what it's about. God thinking and understanding. So he thinketh upon me, thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. So God, you're thinking. So when you lie in bed sometime in the next few hours or so, somewhere when you get there, just lay in bed, and God's thinking about you more than the sand of the sea. And when you say that, God's thinking about me. Now, God, I want to think about like you do. And God said, well, uh, why don't you try a trip out to outer space? And then you're going to know how far my thoughts are. And then you won't even know. Because everything, the universe, is but a finite expression of my infinite being. You're not going to know then. So why don't you just enjoy letting me be God. Hmm. Don't try to help him. And don't try to figure him out. I've got to figure him out. No, you'll never figure him out. <laughs> you'll never figure him out. <laughs> you'll understand him better, that's for sure. But you aren't going to figure him out. I've got to quit. Did you get a little bit? That's what you have to do. So it takes care of worry, want, depression, despair disappointment and all the other words you want to use. Because all of a sudden, God. And God, you get lost like in a great ocean. If I could take this little glass of water as we did the other day, and I could drop it, not drop it, I'd put it 
this floating. I'm going to put this in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, which isn't the biggest. I'm going to put, put, put it there. And you know what? And it looks out of the glass, and there's water, water, what? Water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. Hmm? Wow. 